We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, like, comment, let us know what you think about the episode. If there's any follow-up questions, maybe I didn't ask the guests that uh, next time they're on or, or a specific topic that you want to hear about, we'll make sure and get those on a future episode. Today, is I'm going to be joined by Adam from Gen Y Hitch, and I wanted to catch up with Gen Y and chat with them about a lot of different things. There were some questions you guys had for us about hitches, and I was also really fascinated by the previous podcast that I've done with them learning more about their company, their culture, the approach that they take to not just building hitches, but also customer service, team building. Um, and they've got something really unique there. So I wanted to learn more. So I'm going to be joined by Adam and we're gonna have a great conversation. And I'm going to make sure and ask him some of the questions some of our discord members had asked us. So if you're not on our discord, you're going to find a link down below, make sure and head on over there and join. We're over 700 followers on there. And it's a great way to be able to chat with us chat with other podcast fans, um, show off your truck, ask about builds. So it's going to be a great time. Before we get to it, though, I want to remind you guys, our friends over at Kershaw Knives have a 20% off site wide code for you. Just use code 20 D at kershaw.kaiusa.com it's a great way to save some money on a knife or edc or hunting fishing something throwing a toolbox having the glove box um, or even just really around the house and they've got a ton of choices for you regardless of what your budget is um, what you need the knife to do they've got you covered so if you're in the market definitely make sure and head on over there and take advantage all right let's get to today's podcast with adam from gen y hitch learning more about hitches their company team building how to be a leader communicate effectively and all the things that go into making gen y a very unique company adam welcome to the diesel podcast i'm excited to chat with you guys today i always love learning more about uh, gen y hitch and the awesome group that you guys have there so i've chatted with carl donna um today i'm mm -hmm. gonna be chatting with you so i look forward to our chat today learning more about hitches what you do at gen y hitch and uh, some of the cool things you guys have planned for the future so thanks for sitting down chatting with me today yeah great thanks for having me it's exciting yeah well tell me a bit about what you do you know at, at, uh, at gen y hitch what um you know what uh what what kind of like what your day-to-day -day <laughs> kind of looks yeah, like so, or week to week right um El, what's fun about my job is, is a lot of it's different every day um new challenges new things to learn new new things to address uh, within our organization uh basically my position is i'm the operations manager for gen y group which we basically have two subdivisions right now that are moving together into a new facility and it would be gen y hitch our retail division that obviously sells lots of aftermarket automotive parts specifically hitches um, and our manufacturing division, which is actually called Next Gen Industries, that makes about 95% of all the products that Gen Y sells on its website and across multiple platforms. Very cool. I, so I really my day-to-day -day tasks, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I imagine it's uh, something that keeps you very busy with the operations side and then, you know, manufacturing mm -hmm. in two different groups and then bringing it all together to be able to deliver product. Yeah, you know, we have great leaders in our manufacturing team and here at Gen Y Hitch. And obviously, you know, Carl's the founder is a day-to-day -day, uh, worker as well as our president, Dan Miller, one of our owners, is also works day-to-day. -day. So, you know, I've got a lot of support from from them and got a lot of guidance from them on what the mission is and kind of helping um, spread that mission out to our to our leaders. 
before the podcast, you had mentioned to me that uh, you're involved in education and sports, and sports is right down my wheelhouse. So I wanted to ask you mm -hmm. about what did you do before Gen Y? Oh, before Gen Y, um, I was a teacher and a coach at Northwood High School, which is here in Napanee, Indiana, where Gen Y Hitch's headquarters are. Um, I taught um, dual credit uh, U.S. history uh, through Trine University and Northwood High School, and then dual credit political science through IU, Indiana University, and in Northwood High School. Coaching-wise, I kind of had the, the whole run of the coaching spectrum. I've coached football, boys basketball, uh, girls basketball, and um, track. And for the last decade of my career, I was probably, uh, I was the head girls golf coach for the last 14 years of my career, and then the head girls basketball coach for the last six. Um, so my focus was really golf and basketball, the second part of my career. But then, um, you know, I had a great opportunity to come on board with this team, and they offered me a great opportunity to kind of take those skills even though I never uh, towed a thing in my life and had never been in a metal fab shop in my life. <laughs> um, they felt like the skills that I had in education and coaching could translate to success on our, on our team. So um, here I am. It's very cool. I was a political science major in college and I love okay. history. So that's kind of, kind of always been two interests of mine. And, and one of the things that, um, that I had chatted about with Donna, it was something that had come up at SEMA and I had talked about Gen Y hitches and how the product is so branded when somebody talks about a hitch it's gen y or i see pictures on instagram and facebook and we had talked about the team and putting it together and i thought of the connection there when you were talking about sports and team building and you'd mentioned leaders at the beginning mm -hmm. and kind of transitioning that to the business side and the operation side how have some of those previous lessons that you learned translated over to manufacturing you know working at gen y and you know being a leader within within that company Oh, just tremendous. You know, any it, from the coaching, from the coaching realm, you know, developing relationships and building teams, or, they go hand in hand, uh, whether you're dealing with teenagers or whether you're dealing with adults without without a solid foundation of trust. Um, there's really not going to be a very solid relationship there. And then it, it's not going to turn out well in the end. Um, so, you know, I really took that to heart when I started here was building relationships with people across all both of our divisions at every level of the organization. And, you know, I felt like that was the best way for me to get started along with the huge learning curve that I had learning the business and learning manufacturing and all those things. But that's kind of a theme across our, our, our whole organization. You know, the, one of the missions we talk about is serving our customer, but that also stems from us serving each other. We have so many people that are so talented um, in our organization and it's cool to see we're still a small growing company in a sense, but we have so many people that can take those talents and they, they take them across different divisions. You know, our sales team does not just do sales. Our marketing team does not just do marketing. Our manufacturing leaders are not just on the floor all the time. They're doing all kinds of studies on uh, things that could help the sales department or things that could help our leaders. Uh, so it's, it's a joy to be here and work for this company. The learning curve that you mentioned is, I think, really important because I hear from lots of different <laughs> age groups and people who are interested in diesel trucks and listen to the podcast. And I get younger people or I get people that are in another career and they say, hey, I'm passionate about trucks. Or I'm passionate about X, Y, Z, but I don't know anything about it. What right. is what is the advice you would give, you know, that and you went through yourself, but then also with people that are within the company of how you can speed up that that learning curve and be able to absorb as much as you can to be productive, to feel fulfilled, to love the mm -hmm. challenges that you face on a day-to-day -day basis. Ask, ask a lot of questions. Um, anybody that takes pride in their work and wants to help uh, like we have here at Gen Y will be more than willing and are actually excited to share 
um, what they do on a daily basis. Those were some of my fondest memories in my 18 months so far was walking around a manufacturing floor, admittedly very intimidated because I'd never been on one and guys that had no, had been running these machines for years or knew exactly what they were doing, taking the time to break it down step by step. Uh, the first piece of advice, but don't, don't be afraid to ask questions and, and you're going to find out that you, you can learn a lot just by engaging with people and getting some information out of them and watching what they do on a daily basis. And, and the second, if you're willing to make, if you want to make a jump, if you want to take a risk, do your homework, you know, do your homework on the company, do your homework on, on the leaders that are already in place on, on what the goals of, of them for you are. Um, you know, the opportunity I was given by, by Dan and Carl, uh, they, they were eyes wide open that I knew very little about their business and, and the manufacturing part of it. But they were also very eyes wide open that I could translate the skills that I had in organization, team building, communication to our, to our business. So, you know, ask a lot of questions and, you know, do your homework uh, on the backside. Now, I was thinking when I got involved in diesel or trucks, I was from a completely different background. I worked in construction management, but I had this uh -huh. passion for trucks and doing different things to them. And I remember the first day when I had started working in this industry, I didn't, I didn't know much. And I spent a little bit of time going to each station or each part of the company just to ask probably what would be the dumb questions, but I needed to know them. Yeah. I needed to know what I right. didn't know. And there was so much, uh, I think that just sped up so much is just learning how, you know, something's built, how it's shipped. What is a turbo? What is a transmission? Why do people do this? Why do they do that? Why are there thousands of SKUs? Do I need to know all of them? I think right. that just helps a lot get uh, kind of acclimated to, to the. Uh, yeah. I think if you try to build trust with, with somebody, most people, I can tell you this from coaching kids and, and now, you know, working with adults, everybody can smell a phony. Yeah. Most people can, most people know if you're, if you're putting on airs or you're, you know, faking, I guess. Um, so the more you can show them what level you're at and admit that there's things that you don't know, I think the more, the more trust is built. Something else I just thought about, which uh, I think pertains to, you know, being new with a company or a new industry, but then also within a group as well as communication. And mm -hmm. I admittedly can struggle with that. Sometimes I think every, you know, business or, or just anything we do, we can struggle a little bit. How or what are some things we can do to improve our communication within that group with, um, you know, either being a leader or taking direction from somebody? What are some tips to be a better communicator that you would give? I think one of the things is just being consistent. Um, you know, I, I try to tailor my message to everyone in a different way, but differently, equally, I guess, or equally yeah. different that, you know, everybody needs to hear the same basic message. You may not word it the exact same way every time. You may not have the same mannerisms every time, but, every, you know, having consistency on a daily basis with the messaging and the path we're on. And sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, understanding what storms might be coming or what chaos might be coming and kind of preparing everybody for that. So when it does come, it's, it's not, it's not as jarring, maybe, um, you know, we're building a new facility. We're trying to grow as a company. We're entering the probably the most busy time of our season all at once. And everybody can kind of sense there's tension, but I think across the board from all our leaders, we have a pretty steady hand. We don't, we don't have a lot of these ups and downs in our, in our daily leadership. We just kind of keep a steady hand and are constantly re, re, reflecting on um, what we can do better and what our, what our team members need. Uh, but consistency is the key, I think. How much would you say factors into that with learning the different ways that people respond to communication? Like I imagine 
you know, say with mm -hmm. football, you tell somebody to go A to B and then somebody else, they might want to know, well, why do I go A to B? What happens if I don't? How are all these other things moving? So within a business setting, how important is that to being able to deliver that message through communication? Oh, it's, it's very important to know, to try, try to meet somebody where they're at. Um, who are you talking to and what do they know? And what do they know that you might not know um, to kind of, you know, engage them and learn something from every conversation. Um, but you're right. Every, everybody's going to be different and everybody's going to receive communication differently. So, you know, for me, it's, it's a lot of reading body language. It's a lot of um, asking clarifying questions and, you know, one thing that we talk about a lot here is, you know, there's three things that you can do on a daily basis that can earn you a lot of respect. And that's to say, thank you. That's to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. And that's to say, how can I help you? You know, if you, if you do those three things on a daily basis in most of your relationships, whether it's in your business life, your, your home life, whatever it is, you're, you're probably gonna be pretty successful. I think learning the community ways people respond to communication is definitely something I didn't know when I was younger. And I just kind of have had to, I was forced to learn, you know, even mm -hmm. with, within myself, like I always want to know why. And whenever I would not get the why I'm doing this, it was always kind of frustrating and I didn't understand it. But once someone would explain why I'm doing this this way or need to do it that way, then it kind of clicked. And I thought, okay, now I'm on board. I understand why I need to do this. And that's just, you know, the way I, process communication, but somebody can be completely different. And I think learning that is really key. We have a lot of business owners, uh, shop owners um, that, uh, that listen, and they might be in something completely different, contractors, small businesses, mm -hmm. or they're ordering Gen Y hitches from you guys for their, for their right. customers. So um, and I know with the tremendous growth that has happened over the last two or three years, they're hiring new people, they're taking on new responsibilities. So I think what you're, what you're um, describing is going to be so helpful to them. And it kind of has me transition a little bit um, in the questions I wanted to ask you in that, mm -hmm. you know, your background in education and sports, being an operation man, operations manager at Gen Y Hitch, what are some things that have really surprised you about the truck industry and this, this part of, you know, the automotive aftermarket that you, maybe nobody could have explained to you. Um, you just kind of had mm -hmm. to learn on the fly. You thought this is, this is really cool or really surprising. Right. Um, it, it, it may be a silly thing, but for me, not being a person that was a truck guy for a long time uh, and not really ever towing anything, how many things get towed around this country and around the world on a daily basis? <laughs> how many things get pulled by a truck or some other vehicle in some form or fashion? I mean, in, I guess in my head, I kind of knew that, but that was an extremely overwhelming learning curve right from the start. Uh, and just the passion that people have in the industry, um, even even amongst our competitors, the passion that we all have to to see each other succeed and you know, as you know, it's a copycat industry sometimes too. You know, we see things that we kind of like from our competitors and we try and imitate it as best we can, whether it be in practice or, and we see that too in our branding. We feel like we do a really good job branding our product. And, you know, I think some of our competitors uh, try to mimic that as well. Uh, that part of it, it, it kind of reminded me in, a, in just a little bit of a way of a coaching fraternity. You know, in, when I was a head coach, um, you developed relationships with the people that you were trying to beat. Um, and you get to know them personally and you get to know how they think and you kind of steal ideas from them. Um, I think the same thing is true. And it was surprising to me in the business world. Um, we're all trying to accomplish the same thing. We may, we may do it in different ways and we may do it with a different um, heart or a different mission, but in, in the end, we're all trying to be successful at what we do. So I think that that collaboration and the expanse of the aftermarket automotive industry, especially in towing products was just uh, mind blowing to me.
do you find that there's a lot of uh well with the competition in the automotive aftermarket do you see mm-hmm. some synergy between sports a little bit because what i love about mm-hmm. automotive is competition whether it's racing or with ideas or branding or messaging mm-hmm. that's what gets me going and and I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts on the competition side oh yeah that's definitely part of it you know as much as you know we, we don't talk a whole lot about the results as an organization because really the, the, if you spend time worried about the results you're not spending time improving and getting better and i'm sure other uh, our competitors have the same viewpoint but in the end the results it was what you want to see um, you want to see that you want to see those wins um, yeah. i've told carl burkholder many times that you know i, I don't like to lose um, and he's he he always says, I, I want to win more than you want to win. So we kind of go back and forth a little bit on that. But um, yeah, it's definitely, it's, a, it's, it's competitive. I think it drives everybody to get better. I, uh, when I chatted with Donna last time, she was telling me about moving into the new building and that, that process of it. How close are you guys to being completely moved in, set up, um, you know, with machines and workstations and, and mm-hmm. everything like that? Not as close as, as I wanted to be. I, you know, <laughs> last fall, um, you know, as as the team started to sense, you know, the ground was being broken. We had building going up, questions from vendors and customers and all of our team members. When's it going to be done? So me and my infinite wisdom uh, about October, I just said, told the whole team, just start telling everybody January 15th and we're going to move. So we didn't have to answer that same question over and over again and give a different message, which I thought was a decent idea at the time. I really didn't think we'd get into January 15th, which... We didn't, um, but we are. Uh, we actually have electric in the building. We have heat in the building. I was out there today with uh, team uh, members from both teams, Gen Y and Next Gen, putting tape on the floor for for power drops and for data cables and where the machines are going to sit. And um, our, our, we're trying to move in um, machinery uh, in the next month in March, um, with the goal of having everybody into the new building uh, at the start of May. Um, and I think that now that we have electric and heat both in the building, the building's enclosed there's a lot of things that will move at a very rapid pace. So, so yeah, we're, we're, we're excited to get in there. It's, it's, it's been a long haul and I know everybody's been, you know, pushing for, to, to get our teams together, you know, cause as much as we have a good culture and, and our two teams are nine miles apart and they really work together on a daily basis, virtually through email, phone calls, you know, video calls that gets tough after a while. When you see that new building there, that's everybody's going to be in there. You kind of just, you know, we fall in the trap sometimes saying, oh, that'll be better in the new building or that problem will take care of itself in the new building, which we've really been good about fighting amongst ourselves, not to rely on that excuse. But it's it's a real thing. Uh, so there's a lot of excitement, a lot of anticipation. Um, I don't know if you heard that. The warehouse guys are shipping hitches out. It gets a little <laughs> loud out there sometimes. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's it's exciting. That, that's where we're at. Hopefully by this time next month, we're, we're rigging up machines and pushing them in there and we'll get our manufacturing team on the floor and running while the office areas are being finished. So we've got some, you know, restroom facilities and that, and that stuff in the shop, as well as the office facility. So the goal is as they're polishing the floors, putting carpet down, drywalling, painting in the offices, we're running production on the manufacturing floor. Um, that's kind of the idea. So we're getting closer. I'd say a month from now, we'll, we'll have stuff in that building start to run machines it's probably a tremendous opportunity as well with the move but then also the growth to be able to analyze the processes of manufacturing um, invest in additional machinery things to make you know the job go smoother or faster or increase output so that's probably been a really exciting part of this 
Oh, it has been, you know, our manufacturing facility, it is, it is jam packed in, in about uh, 15 to 20,000 square feet of space. And now they're going to have, you know, probably triple that in the new building. Um, so as we start, you know, making plans on where machines are going to go and where future machines might go, we really had to take some time and think about it. The same thing with the Gen Y warehouse. We had an hour long discussion this morning with our engineers, our ownership, our warehouse guys about what could we really do in this new warehouse? What should it look like? And, you know, you you think of something that's going to work really well, and then you think of something that might be even better and you change it and then you go back. We're going to have a plan for everything we put into that new building. And I, I would be shocked if we don't move something within a couple of months. That's just the way it's going to work out. But we have had so many good productive discussions amongst both teams about what it could look like, especially in the manufacturing area. That is that is so exciting. Well, probably I think that's where the communication will probably factor into it a bit as well. Once people are in there and they're working, they might say, hey, Adam, I think we could do this uh, you know, a little faster or we could move this a little mm -hmm. quicker. And then just being fluid enough to make those changes to you know, be more productive or to uh, oh, yeah. keep things running smoothly. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. No question. And, you know, I'm excited to see how our teams come together and work under the same roof because we, we have so many talented people that wear a lot of different hats. And even though we're two subdivisions, we're all part of the same company, Gen Y Group or whatever name you want to you want to use. Um, we're going to find out that roles are going to change. You know, we have in some in some respects, we have two people. We have somebody doing something at Gen Y that's also doing the same thing at Next Gen right now. And with all the automation that we put in in our manufacturing, plus the ERP system that we're onboarding across all divisions, uh, there's just going to be room for people to do other things as we grow. Um, and we're going to need some of those roles because, you know, we're we're kind of skyrocketing towards a new level um, as a company. I just thought of something through my experience and through talking with <laughs> listeners and you know, diesel shop owners is within a company, there can be, I don't know the right word for it, but say you have like the service side, the install side, those guys are focused mm -hmm. on their job. And then you got the sales guys up front that are just trying to sell as much as they can. And then you've got the accounting side where they're wanting to, have all the numbers, make sure everything's in order. And there can be, I don't necessarily think it's tension or maybe that's the right word, but there can be tension mm -hmm. between these oh, different yeah. groups. How does, how do you communicate effectively or lead through that? Because you're all working towards the same goal, but you kind of have your own individual goals on a day-to-day -day basis. And sometimes they conflict a little bit. Yeah, they do. And, you know, we're, we're lucky enough that, you know, we don't have a lot of turnover here. Um, you know, Dan and Carl and our leadership have, have put together a, a team of people that is very committed to the mission. Uh, but you're right. In any organization, you have tension across departments. And one thing that we've really built in the last year was kind of a, a sense of everybody seeing where we want to go. You know, even though we've got these two subdivisions that are driving parallel to each other, you know, they're really not. They're really slowly starting to merge. Obviously, we're seeing that physically in the new building. But over the last year, everybody's become more committed to the end goal that doesn't mean that it's always sunshine and rainbows and we don't have our disagreements but we do it very respectfully uh we collaborate we look at both sides of the issue you know what's what's good for you know general hitch versus what's good for manufacturing how does that all look um those are things that 
it's it's a constant. If you and if you don't if you don't constantly cultivate it and make it grow, all of a sudden be, you look back and you're like, man, I ignored that for two or three months. Why didn't I you know get on that sooner? Um, we are constantly talking about our culture and and what our team as one looks like, even though we're in kind of two separate divisions. That's what that's where there's so much. Um so much in common with different parts of what we cover on the diesel podcast like on the racing mm-hmm. side there's different competing you know entities within you know the same race team or competition outside of it or in business it's the same way or you know even if we're in some industry that's totally different we have that and i've always found a lot of struggle and not really a lot of help um that you can find out there or experience where somebody will share it and say this is how um, you can get everybody on the same page and, you know, just like the example I gave before, you can sell all you want, but if nobody's going to install it, it's not going to work. And if nobody's going right. to install it and you're not, or, you know, the install's ready to go, but you're not selling anything. So you have to get everybody all to together. And I, I think that's a really valuable lesson that anyone listening can really take to heart. And I think one thing, you know, we've tried to, we've tried to do, and I'm sure this is the same in racing is that everybody in their own little world, whether no matter what department they're in, has some knowledge or at least enough knowledge about what's going on in all the other teams and all the other divisions to know where their struggles might be. And, you know, to have a little bit of understanding as, as to why something might be a problem for them when it's not a problem for you. Uh, that's, you know, you don't want to spend all your time cross-training your employees, but there is some, there is some, value to that when it comes to what we just talked about uh creating that collaborative atmosphere that's a really good point because when i think back to say selling something you're driven off that result you're driven off that chase the adrenaline of selling and then when you get it over to where it's going to be installed and they're kind of resisting you because they've got six trucks ahead of it and they're getting mm-hmm. frustrated and i don't understand that i'm just trying to sell 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 right but spending That's... a little time back there and them showing me hey this is all i have lined up and this is how it's going to you know impact you because you're gonna have an upset customer because your truck's not done on time that's mm-hmm. when it clicked for me but it was just spending time back there and talking to these guys and seeing how their process worked to say okay i can still sell this but i need to plan it better i need to schedule it a little better too right. and make things work smoothly yeah for sure there there is no question understanding meeting people where they are and understanding team members across divisions it's it's amazing now to see the amount of people that we have from gen y hitch that will bring somebody out to manufacturing and, and walk them through the building and you know we do a lot as, a, as an organization to bring our teams together you know we do a summer picnic we do a, a christmas party at, at the end of the year um, we we serve our teams breakfast once a month uh, we do a lot of things to try and get people to meet each other because with two divisions eight miles apart there's still people at gen y and at next gen that if they saw each other on the street they probably would look at them like i think i know you but i don't really know who you are but i some i know you from somewhere um we've kind of eliminated a lot of that with some of the things we've done and i only think that it makes the, everybody's job easier if you know what everybody else is kind of doing and what their what their what their goal is i had uh, i'd asked our our uh, fans hey what kind of questions would you have for Gen Y Hitch, and they they asked some interesting ones, and I wanted to ask you one of them, which I, I found really interesting, mm-hmm. is you know when somebody's looking to buy a hitch, mm-hmm. is there any specific testing procedure you know that's out there that no matter what company it is, you have to meet you know these standards for a hitch, or is it just kind of you know you build something, put it out there, 
and, and it mm -hmm. just works. So I think people are thinking about safety. They're thinking about ratings. They're thinking mm -hmm. about protecting themselves, their family, what they're hauling. So how does it work in the in the towing world for producing a hitch? And you know, does it need to meet a standard? And if so, what are those standards? Right. For for us, you know, the the towing industry in the United States it varies it varies around the world. Australia, Canada, United States, UK, uh, South American countries like Chile, where we're selling products that they're. Um, everybody has their own standards and how they do it in the United States. There's not a whole lot of regulation of it, but most all reputable towing manufacturers do testing on their product before they put it out to the market. That would be crazy not to. So um, I think SAE, the society of automotive uh, engineering, we have, they have standards for um, different uh, towing ratings and all of our products before we put them out in the market have gone through rigorous testing up to those standards and exceeding those standards. So if we if we list something as a 10K rated hitch, when we've tested it, we've we've tested it to exceed 10K before it would fail. Um, now, as somebody that's out there towing, obviously you want to follow all the recommendations and safety guidelines that any towing company puts out. Um, but for for us in, in the United States, as far as our US products, that's how that's how we do it. Um, mainly mainly SAE guidelines. Or standards, I guess, is a better word. Well, I see a lot like on uh, on Instagram, Facebook, um, TikTok, mm -hmm. the things you guys do. I see a lot of abuse that the hitches have gone through, and not even really towing per se, but just that they've mm -hmm. gone through and held up to. And somebody had asked, "What is the most abused hitch that you guys have ever customers ever sent you?" Mm -hmm. And said, mm -hmm. "This is what happened." I, and I thought that was a really good question to ask because I'm kind of curious mm -hmm. about it as well. Well, you know. <laughs> I... <laughs> Abuse is a, is in the eye of the beholder, I guess, when it comes to how heavy duty and how extreme you want to go with towing products. But uh, we actually had a, a customer in the last year that reached out to us that had used one of the original torsion uh, bosses and had towed nearly a million miles with it um, wow. on a truck that had been on there. Basically, the truck's on the road every day or whatever truck it was in was on the road every day. Uh, and, and, you know, by that time, it's all you know rusted out, still worked, but all rusted out and looked different. And, you know, he kind of wanted a new one. And we we're like, OK, you know, a million miles, we can work with you on that. You know, so uh, and we, we wanted it back too. we wanted to see it. We wanted to show it off. We wanted to study it um, to see, you know, where it might be breaking down, even at that number of miles. So that was a really cool story for me. Um, we had a we had a story this morning in a collaborative collaboration meeting that um, somebody had used one of our 32K uh, rated bosses to pull a plane, an airplane, uh, which I'm not even sure how you do that, how you tow a plane down the road, but I'm sure airplanes have to get delivered somehow, some way. Um, I'm not an expert on that industry, but somebody had used one to pull, uh, I'm not going to give you the number, but way over the weight rating, which we do not <laughs> recommend, obviously. Uh, but it, that, that was kind of a cool story to see. And then you see all the stuff that Donna and, and Diana do on on TikTok and Instagram, um, you know, all the different pictures that customers and, and users of our products share with us and allow us to use on social media. We have a pretty um, loyal fan base um, amongst our customers, which is fun to see too. It's a lot of the questions I get is, can I do X, Y, Z with the hitch? And I'm like, I'll ask them, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that that's how they decided. To we don't, we don't recommend doing anything <laughs> other than what the guidelines say. Uh, <laughs> you know, and we, we, you know, we like to do a few things, funny things on TikTok. I think one of our TikToks was uh, with the pinel lock that you use for the, the, the pinel saddle or the, the, the ring uh, to, to tell, we, we took, we did this out at the new building actually we locked it up and people were questioning whether or not our pinel lock was that strong. And we lifted up the truck basically 
with the with the pin of lock in and the ring in just to see how high we could lift it without it breaking. And I think they got it probably five feet off the ground. And then I think the construction crew said, you better put it back down because um, <laughs> we were using their equipment to do that just for fun. But no, we don't recommend any uh, anybody to do anything other than what the weight rating says and what the safety uh, guidelines are. Well, I think all that testing really, it, it goes back to being able to make a confident purchase. So, you know, if mm-hmm. somebody's towing 15 or 20,000 pounds and the hitch is rated for more than that, you just feel comfortable. And right. you can protect you know, yourself, other drivers, what you're, mm-hmm. what you're hauling. And I think that's a really big point. And that's what a lot of the questions were was, um, you know, what goes into it? How is it tested? What should I look for? Um, mm-hmm. You know, if I'm going to buy, buy a hitch. So um, I think that's what you guys are known for. That's, that's what I, mm-hmm. that's what I see and, and yeah. what's really important to them. And I'm blown away. I'm blown away on a daily basis how much our inside sales team and our outside sales team know about our product and the questions they can answer. And obviously, we have full-time engineers here at, at Gen Y and at NextGen. They get a lot of questions from the sales team. But, you know, if somebody calls in and is a first-time uh, fifth-wheel tower, you know, our, our team can walk them through exactly what specs they need, how much weight they should put on certain products. Same thing with drop hitches. I mean, you know, there's plenty of our customers that are well-versed in towing and know exactly what they need. Uh, but we we really do a really solid job of answering the phone, first of all. That's a rare thing these days. You call a company these days and you usually get a robot or a recording. Uh, when the phone rings here during business hours, it, it gets answered. Um, and, you know, I would say 99% of the time. So, um, and then obviously, you know, they're so our customer service department, our sales team is so well-versed in all the different possible scenarios to think of. And then also we build custom parts too. We have, we, we have customers call in that, you know, want something very, very specific, uh, maybe a longer shank or whatever it might be to put in their receiver. And um, if we can design it and it'll work and, and it, it's tested out, then we'll build it for them. And, you know, we do that. We do that kind of stuff from time to time, just building one off hitches that we are not looking to sell uh as a skew but we do it you know as a custom product so those are a lot of fun to look at sometimes too what people come up with and what they want to do with their with their trucks that's really cool i didn't know that so what's the process that somebody would go through if they have a custom application you know that they need what kind of information would they need to have or or provide you guys to see if it's even buildable they, they would need to know they would be, need to be a little bit more well-versed obviously in what they want and they would be if they're asking for something custom and then they would sit down and talk to our engineers and our engineers would you know kind of draw something up and, and show them where where you know where what it would be rated for and, and that sort of thing and they would kind of collaborate and then our engineers would take it to manufacturing and say here's the prints let's build this um, and then our manufacturing team might look at it and say well what about this would they mind doing this it might be easier to use it might be easier to weld here than here it might be easier to put in the in the mills in this place there's little you know little things like that to come up but it's kind of a collaborative process between the customer our engineering team and our manufacturing team that's very cool well you know we're talking about products and and uh you know custom applications and machinery and a new building and everything like that what are some things you guys are working on in the future that as truck enthusiasts diesel truck owners we should pay attention to and you know see either releases or you know, things that are going to be hitting the market pretty soon mm-hmm. um right now we have a uh in our phantom series we have a uh sixteen thousand pound rated um two and a half inch shank three four and five drop receiver or a drop pitch that'll be released on march 1st um we're doing some exciting things with our ramps you know a lot of people don't realize that gen y not only sells hitches but we have a pretty uh decent selection of aluminum ramps that get made by uh next gen industries and um we're always kind of looking to ways to re-engineer those expand into different markets um 
you know, we I mentioned our aluminum ramps, our aluminum division, which is part of Next Gen Industries, exists way back here behind the Gen Y warehouse over my shoulder in about a 5,000 foot square foot area. Um, they build ramps for Gen Y and build, you know, trailer steps for some other local companies. Do any anything aluminum uh, is what goes what goes through that part of the the organization. They're actually going to move into the facility that our current steel manufacturing is is leaving. So when the steel manufacturing moves into the new building, the aluminum team is going to move into the old building and kind of expand from there and hopefully become its own subdivision. So you look at some of the exciting products we could do in aluminum. Um, we've talked about aluminum hitches. Uh, very lightweight. They can tow a, a, a decent amount for people that aren't willing to tow, you know, tens of thousands of pounds, a very lightweight product. Um, those are some ideas we've tossed around, but I don't want to give too many of the secrets out on new products. So <laughs> uh, that's about, as far as I can go. I think it's, I think it's really cool though, because, you know, being an enthusiast of trucks and specifically diesel trucks is it's really a lifestyle. There's so many other toys that, that guys have, um, you know, with side-by-sides and, and other things. And, and there's other products we would want, you know, besides just the hitch. And it's cool to see how you guys bring that together. So there's one place I can go to for a bunch of different accessories. Yeah, I will. I just, I just stepped away from my camera. I grabbed this. I'm not sure if you're watching me or not, but we actually have developed this. Uh, it's a, it's a, we, we're here in Northern Indiana in Napanee, Indiana, which is Amish country. Um, you know, and we have a large Amish population in the area and we have some Amish workers for us as well. We've developed a buggy hitch. Um, that they can strap onto the back of their buggy and and pull um, a small trailer or whatever it might be. But we're still working on a name for that. So if anybody out there has any great names for a buggy hitch, we're, we, we'd be happy to hear those. But um, yeah, that's another small little new product that I just saw laying beside me. So I thought I'd pull that up here. <laughs> well, that's cool. I and mean, well, it's a, it's a problem and a solution that you guys can offer for, for something. And that's, that's, what's really cool. And one of the, the things when I think of Gen Y is I think of problem solving and actually earlier today, and I'm not picking on anybody in automotive is actually outside of it, but I called a place I'd ordered from and I get a voicemail <clears throat> that they're not taking calls and to email them. And I had already done that two weeks ago. And I thought they need some Gen Y customer service here <laughs> because this is, it's frustrating. So the way you guys approach it is, is, you know, just what's so refreshing. And I've spoken with other people in the industry that they might not be in the towing market, but they're in turbos or transmissions or something else. And they go, those guys over at Gen Y really got it dialed in with how they run. So it's always really cool. And I like to ask tons of questions of you guys, mm -hmm. because I know there's listeners who are, who are looking to either get better at you know, their job, their business, you know, their career. And you guys have a ton of that. So for people who are looking to either you know, check out what you guys have now or what's coming out, what's the best place to see, you know, what you guys have or reach out and ask questions. Maybe they want a custom hitch, custom setup like we, like we chatted about earlier. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, genyhitch.com, uh, our website's very well maintained. All of our products are on there. Um, you can always call into the office. Um, it's 574-218-6363 uh, and talk to one of our salespeople. Um, you can message our, our marketing department. We have, you know, Instagram account at genyhitch, TikTok, uh, Facebook. Those are probably the three most relevant ones. Uh, we do have a Twitter account that Carl once in a while or Donna will put something out on Twitter, which I like because I'm a Twitter guy. I'm kind of getting to be an old man, I guess. I, I don't want to change. I, you know, I like Twitter and that's what I want to see stuff on. But, um, you know, those are all ways you can reach out uh, and obviously stopping in. That's one thing in our local community. I didn't even know that when I when I came here that this is a retail store. Like you can walk in the front door and buy a hitch. Um, and it's it's amazing that how many people just in our small little community here of 8000 people 
have just learned that over the last couple of years. And Gen Y Hitch has been around for about 10 years and been in this location for oh four or five. But um, yeah, so there's lots of ways. Um, tag somebody on social media, give us a call, go to the website. You know, you can find our products in, in a lot of different selling spaces as well. Um, so yeah. Well, it was really cool to chat with you today, Adam. And I, and I appreciate the lessons that uh, that you told us about answering the questions. And I think people are really going to find helpful, not just for, hitches and, and things to look for, but then also for communication and managing and you know, being a leader and, and all the things we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. So it was a, a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you for teaching me uh, some things that I can definitely apply to uh, my work and, you know, even in my personal life. And it was a, yeah. it's a great conversation. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, you know, we talked about my teaching experience at the very beginning. I want to tie it kind of into the end here. What's been really exciting, uh, fun is Donna, our marketing director, who you've had on the show. She was a former student of mine. Uh, at Northwood High School. Rachel, who's uh, our outside sales rep and does covers the entire Western region, uh, was a student of mine uh, at Northwood High School. And we have a young man in the manufacturing floor who runs uh, some of our vertical mills that I also had in class at, at Northwood High School. And, you know, when I started here, they all three, three knew more about their specific, <laughs> their, their roles than I did. So it was, it's been a lot of fun uh, getting to work alongside somebody you had in school too. So, but I appreciate the opportunity uh, appreciate all you guys do across the industry and and we appreciate the partnership so much don't forget diesel fans make sure and head on over to kershaw.kaiusa.com use code 20 diesel for 20 percent off site wide it's a great way to save some money get some cool gear whether you need something for hunting fishing throwing a glove box toolbox um or even really just around the house or if you're a knife enthusiast they got a bunch of different choices for blade steels handle materials opening mechanisms and uh, it's a great way to be able to get some cool stuff save some money along the way we appreciate our friends over there offering the discount code just for you guys also want to give a shout out to some of our patreon supporters john caleb tyler low and 23 diesel we appreciate all their support all of you who subscribe on youtube podcast apps or on our discord uh, you guys keep us going with uh, tons of questions requests to have people on podcasts topics to cover and we look forward to bringing you more of those in 2023 until next time keep the shiny side up